podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. At Sandy Spring Bank, we care about people, not transactions. So we concentrate on creating personalized solutions to start or grow a business that provides for your family, to purchase a home that will house the memories you make there, to save so you can enjoy today and then pass on your legacy to future generations. We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk. Visit sandyspringbank.com slash real. Mortgage, home equity, and other credit products offered by Sandy Spring Bank. Celtic State of Mind, it's Monday afternoon, I'm Paul John Dykes and today I'm delighted to be joined by Colin Watt, sporting the new away jersey, Colin. What do you think of that? It's a really nice jersey, Paul, I've got to say, so far so good. Um, and to be honest, I'm being won over by the home top as well. Um, so I think it's uh, it's got that retro feel to it, which takes us back to the days, as I said, this was the jersey that, well, it was based on the jersey that was worn the day I was born, so got a bit of a connection to that jersey. You do. Um, Hibs won Celtic, won at Easter Road. I think Jerry Craney scored that day. Um, the old Jerry. So, the old Jerry. Listen, yeah, I think it's gone down really well. I seen the queue outside the Superstore on Saturday. It was quite a, a, a long queue, and seen a lot of people wearing it inside the ground. So it's a cracker. Going down well. It is a cracker. But what I'm going to say, Colin, is that the initial reaction that we've seen online to both jerseys was sprinkled with a wee bit of negativity I think the away jersey, everybody was saying you know the back yet um, should extend the stripes and today we've woken up to some news and that's also been sprinkled with a touch of negativity, hence the, the strap line today Aaron Moy dividing opinion amongst the Celtic fan base it would appear, is he an underwhelming signing or do we trust an Ange? Because that seems to be the two ends of the spectrum that we've been hearing this morning. We've got some great comments coming in. When the news broke, he's a, he's a name that's been linked to Celtic um, in the, the not-too-distant past. Um, some people you know, wrote those links off by saying, well, you know, it's just a free agent who used to play under Ange at um, Australia, and they're joining two and two together. But some very good sources broke last night that we were indeed in talks, and it was more or less a done deal. Is that mm-hmm. you just getting texts from Anthony Joseph, etc., yeah, uh, exactly. telling you that it's happening? Um, I do know he was on your show some months ago, wasn't he, Anthony? Yep. Good yep. guy. Um, what was your reaction? What was your reaction to the news on um, uh, Aaron Moy? I've got to say, I was a bit surprised, to be perfectly honest. Um, only because Ange came out and all, almost sort of rubbished the rumour the other day. Um, I think it was after the 
was it the Bannock Ostrava game on Wednesday when we were being linked with uh, Edward Mitchett as well? Yes. Um, he, he was asked about these players after the game and basically said they were quality players but they weren't part of his signing targets and he was sure that Aaron Moy would end up somewhere but he didn't expect that to be to be Glasgow. Um, so I'm not sure what's changed really since Wednesday for that to be the case otherwise he's just played the the media an absolute blinder um, which to be fair to him he has done on several occasions since he, he came to Celtic so um, I don't know Aaron Moy, if you'd offered me Aaron Moy 12 months ago I'd have bit your hand off, I think he's a he's got the experience, he's played in almost 100 games in the Premier League mm-hmm. um, he's got over 50 caps for Australia um, and when we lost the influence of Scott Brown last year we're thinking he would be the one that would be able to step in and sort of take up that role. Now, there's the sort of a lot of people saying, well, he's going to be so many um, weeks behind now because he's not had a pre-season. Um, he's going to take some time to settle in. He'll not take any time to settle in. He's got a house in Glasgow. He knows. He knows he's going to, he's way around the city. If you go back to the home. He knows the city. He knows the city well, <laughs> Pater. Um, I think... He'll fit in. He'll be a good squad player. I think we're now at the stage, though, that we're, we're kind of scrutinising every signing to say, are we improving as a squad? Mm. Um, and as a squad, yes. As a first team, I, I can't see him being someone who kind of steps right into the first team. Um, I, I think he will obviously offer that experience that we're talking about, the likes of the way Joe Hart has done yes. since he's come into the club. Mm-hmm. Um, he'll definitely offer that experience. Whether he plays 15, 20 games, I'm, I'm not sure. Um, he obviously wants to get himself up and running. We've got the World Cup coming up soon, um, which uh, I'm sure Australia will want him to be part of. So for me, it's it's a low-risk signing. It's just whether it's a, a low-risk in the terms of signing James McCarthy and then having him hanging around, or low-risk, but high reward than the fact that he's actually going to offer something to the team that we've been missing. For me, I was kind of hoping that the two signings that we were going to make would be improvements on the first team, and I'm not 100% sure that Aaron Moy would replace any one of the midfield three at the minute. Well, there's loads of great comments coming in, and we're going to get everybody involved, and I think that uh, what you were saying there about improving the the start in 11, we've had quite a few comments discussions on a Celtic state of mind over the summer as to whether or not there is such a thing as a as a start in a loving, uh, a strongest loving, because it seems that Ange will uh, adapt depending on the, the opposition and the players that we're bringing in. The 15 or 16 players that you would suggest are first team players, Colin, all seem to be um, as strong as one another in many cases. If you think about, for example, Turnbull coming back into the side, um, and how well he has you know, slotted right back in there. Uh, the question would be, is he a first-team player? And I think that he has proven that we don't have 11 first-teamers. You know, I think what Ange is trying to get is 15, 16 first-team players so that if one drops out, um, there isn't a massive drop in standard, Colin, between, um, you know, let's say, uh, Hatati and Turnbull or mm-hmm. O'Reilly and Turnbull. And I think that when Aaron Moy's name was quoted previously, again, you know, I'm not so sure 
when it comes to what Ange tells the press when he's asked about players because like you say there you know he could have been in discussions with him and he would have told the press that anyway that he wasn't interested or he was a player that wasn't on his radar because that's the way that Ange has operated really since he came in and um, to be honest with you I've been really delighted with the way that Ange has dealt with speculation etc he never um, gets too uh, you know he never panics too much when he's asked uh, the low ball questions and um, I think he can throw low bowlers back at them as well mm-hmm. what does what does the Axon viewer think well we're running a poll we're running a poll on the YouTube video as we speak 76% say trust in Ange and 24% reckon it's an underwhelming signing Um Listen, the thing is as well, Colin, we need to look at when we're looking at the the window as a whole, um, if at the beginning of the window you said, I think, half a dozen players we needed, I think that was the figure Mm -hmm. you gave, the half a dozen players aren't all going to be marquee, Jota-esque signings. There are going to be some players you bring in and you don't expect them to to go right into the first team. No, you're right. And it is about having that squad depth. We spoke about it last week about uh, Burnaby when he came in. And we're saying that the fact that he doesn't need to necessarily hit the ground running right away because you've got that quality player, uh, or at least he's been playing um, to a very high standard over the last couple of months in Greg Taylor. Mm-hmm. Um, and Burnaby will be the long-term replacement in there, um, and it will improve the squad overall, but it gives him some time to sort of bed in. Um, when you look at it, I think when you look at the result of that poll, what it tells you is Ange has been that successful in the transfer market so far that if any other manager in Celtic's recent tenure had signed someone like Aaron Moy right now at this particular stage in time, we'd have maybe been doubting it a bit more. Mm. But because it's Ange and because he's got that track record, he's been able to afford himself that that he can bring someone in who maybe we're, we're not 100% sure on, but he can trust in the manager and the fact that he believes that he's the right guy for him. I mean, I've seen plenty of comments coming in here, like this one here from Brian Murphy saying, if Ange says Moy's good enough, that's good enough for me. And I think that's the attitude of a lot of Celtic fans at the minute. Um, well, they might not be 100% he's got the credit sold in the bank. on the player. Yeah, yeah, he's got the credit in the bank, but maybe not 100% sold on the player, but they're trusting in the manager. That's all you can really, all you can do at this point because you've not seen him. He's not put on this jersey. He's not put on any Celtic jersey so far. He's not even signed. Um, but you trust in the manager because the process has been working so well so far that you can't really do anything else but back them. Yeah, there's going to be a conversation uh, piece throughout this particular episode where we'll look at uh, a previous window where a whole plethora of players came in uh, and very few of them, if you know any more than one of them, made an impression. Um, that's up for debate. And I think that those days are gone. We've completely changed the approach to signing players, but there is going to come a time where we're bringing a player and it's not because we think he's going to be playing 50 or 60 games a season. He's not going to start. But there was two names mentioned in that comment you brought up there and I find it interesting because Nir Beaton 
of course, and, and Tam Rogic, um, they left the club. Two completely different players. What you're getting uh, in Aaron Moy is a bit of a combination of both. You, you can see that he can play defensive midfield, Colin, but he can also play attacking midfield. You mm-hmm. see his defensive qualities breaking up play uh, brilliantly. You know, if you, if you work your way through the highlight shields of, of all his clubs and indeed for Australia, he does that brilliantly. But you also see the decisive passes, the one-touch football, the, the, you know, he's able to create that chance and you also see his ability to strike from distance um, as well so there's a bit of a combination and I'm looking forward to Jared coming back on uh, Axom soon so that he can give us a wee bit more of an insight because I'm sure he's seen a lot more um, of uh, Aaron Moy in his years that he was playing in his native Australia and also for the international side Uh, but we remember him we remember him playing premiership football and I've, I've heard a lot of people online saying that it's five years too late I'm not so sure about that. I know that he went to to Chinese football. Um, And again, he's played there for a couple of years, but it's not as though he's 35, 36 years of age here. But the two names that were mentioned there in Beton and in Rogic, they've left similar age to Moy and we brought him in. And you've got to, I guess, trust that Ange wanted a more all-round player. He didn't want those two individuals on the bench in case that happens or a different scenario happens. He wants a player that's more adaptable to both scenarios or two different types of opposition, I would guess. Um, So in that respect, I think that it's a, a very shrewd move. The other, the, the flip side to that is that we've ran a couple of pods in the last few weeks, Colin, where we've been talking about the necessity for Celtic to bring in the kind of quality that would cost us um, 25 million quid by the end of this this particular window. And many people came on and said Celtic are never going to spend that in a transfer window. Um, now that we've got Cameron Carter-Vickers and Jota in, and they're going to be the two, as I say, marquee signings, are we looking at free agents and loan deals at this stage? Do you see Celtic spending any more money on this other signing that Ange has mentioned? I don't see why they shouldn't, um, especially if you're looking to add quality. And I still think there's quality that needs added. Um, I think you're probably too early at this stage to pick up the sort of Jotas and Cameron Carter-Vickers of the world where you get them in on a loan deal with an option to buy. Um, I know, obviously, uh, there's been a couple of those deals done in Scotland already, but I'm thinking if you look at the sort of players that are coming in there, they probably had no chance of being anywhere near their, their first team. You look at Cameron Carter-Vickers, he was sort of on the edges of that Spurs team. Mm. Um, Jota had played, what was it, 20-odd games for Benfica by that point as well. Although he'd been out on loan, they both had a pre-season. Uh, I think the best kind of player in Scotland last season to sort of define that is someone like Conor Ronan, who Wills have saw he had a great season up here, given him a chance, they've got him involved in pre-season and to be honest he'll probably end up back up here in Scotland but um, it'll be later on in the window when the squads are narrowed down to your 25-man squads in the Premier League when it's narrowed down to your Champions League squads and then these players become available. So I still think Celtic might do some business in that market but it'll be later on in the window. Until Mm. then I still think we do need another centre-half to come in and I do kind of hope that we are able to sort of spend a bit more just to bring that in. Having watched um, Welsh, Julian and even Lowell on Saturday, I still think when you go beyond your front two pairing of Cameron Carter-Vickers and Starfelt, that the quality drop is just too much. 
And I think if you have to spend four or five million pounds to get someone in there, then it just it needs to be done. Julian doesn't look as if he wants to be at the club. Welsh just isn't up to that standard to consistently put that performance in. Um, and Lowell's probably needs some more first-team experience before he can make his way into the Celtic side. We'll talk about this, Colin. It's, it's a massive question who and where. Um, is going to be strengthened in that particular team. And when you look at the, the defence as a whole, last season with Joe Hart, then there was a massive drop-off, I would suggest, to the next pick. And Scott Bain, I guess, would be the second choice. And we've filled that gap by bringing in Segrist. On the right-hand side, I think we had it. We had it with Juranovic and Ralston. You were happy with both of them. There wasn't that massive drop-off calling if Juranovic got injured or he missed the game through suspension. On the left-hand side, we had those concerns if Taylor was out because you were dropping right back to the likes of Scales, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that, you know, that gap has been bridged with the um, acquisition of Burnaby and then in the centre, I share the same concerns as yourself. So the, the problem that I've got with that is it's not like you just pick a figure out the air and say, we need to spend 25 million quid. If you're able to pick a get a player uh, as a freebie and, and he does the job that you require, then fantastic. If you're able to bring in a loan of the quality of Cameron Catter-Vickers or Jota with a view to buying them after the loan deal finishes, superb. It's not about chucking money at the situation, but when we were looking at what was required and we tried to gauge how much, you know, an educated guess how much that would actually cost based on the transfer uh, dealings that Ange had been involved in since he came to Celtic, the figure was around £25 million. And like you say, if you bring in another before the end of this window and you need to spend money on them, it's going to push us over the £20 million mark. So, you know, it's not a million miles away. It's an interesting uh, scenario uh, to, to throw out to the Axom viewership. So let's have a listen, uh, let's have a look rather at some of the comments coming in. Paul Byrne. Could it be Paul Byrne who played for Celtic in the early 90s? Who knows if, if it is. I watched most of your games and I've seen both your goals against Rangers. Hail, hail, moy. Uh, looks like a stopgap as we can't source what we really need this window. Maybe it frees up funds so we can spend big on a defender. Would that take the sting out of it, Colin? If we went out and, as you say, spent the four or five million quid on a central defender is going to allay any fears that Celtic fans have that we're scratching about for players in this transfer window? Um, it would probably go a way to doing so. And as I said, it's, it's difficult to try and predict the impact that Moy will have on the team if he sings. Um, you, you see, obviously, there's a lot of players who... Or sorry, a lot of fans who have seen more of Aaron Moy than what we have and they're saying he's a quality addition to the squad. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you say, if it's available in a free and it saves the, the budget for us to go and spend a wee bit extra on um, a centre-half, then I'm sure once the, the window sort of closes itself out, then you'll be able to um, to tie that one up. I, I think back to when Liam Scales joined as well, though, and a lot of the Irish fans were telling us that he was the real deal. Mm. And you've got, I think you've got to sort of take it with a pinch of salt at the minute just until they put that jersey on and they, they see how they adapt into it, because you can be a good player, and it's just that the, this league doesn't suit you. Obviously, he's got the experience of having played um, for St Mirren way back at the start of his career, but the, the league's sort of moved on from then, so we'll, we'll give him some time to, to see how he, he beds into the team. 
Yeah, definitely, Bernard Macaulay. Thanks for joining us on YouTube. If anyone is watching on YouTube and you haven't already subscribed, please do so. Uh, we're nearing the 20,000 subscriber mark. We've got content that goes on the channel every single day. A loving Celtic um, State of Mind streams a week when we're playing a couple of games, as well as fully produced videos such as the Las Vegas interview that I did last night. I know that you're a Las Vegas fan, Colin, so make mm -hmm. sure you watch that. Um, there is a wee mention, uh, mention of... Uh, Celtic striker in the discussion but I'll let you watch it to see which one it was I asked the question I says to, to James and Rab that um, I loved the Liam Gallagher video that Eric Cantona appeared in Colin and I said if you were to pick a footballer to appear in a Las Vegas video and a footballer that isn't James Allen because of course he played for Falkirk and Queen's Park etc who would that player be now Rab picked a Rangers player and James picked a Celtic player, so um, I'll let you guess or watch the video. Bernard, oh. as an Australian fan who has followed Moy's career closely, you are in for a treat. He will tear apart the SPL, the Premiership. He will tear the Premiership apart, Colin. Um, I do like to get that insight from someone who's watched the player closely, and as I say, Jared will be in at some point to talk. Not today, but he will be on excellent to talk about Aaron Moy. Beach Boys, the people... This will underwhelm are the same people on here who admitted they were underwhelmed when Ange arrived. The Japanese lads arrived and Big Gigi arrived. There you go. So, yeah, I mean, I think that you've only, you can only call it as you see it at that moment in time. Uh, the Ange Postacoglu appointment, I think in isolation, followed a huge disappointment for Celtic fans because we had obviously... Um, been trying to get another manager for a long time and it fell at the last hurdle. A lot of the underwhelmment, if that's a word, um, was probably due to that rather than Ange himself. And pretty quickly, I think the, the fans were turned around. Mm -hmm. In relation to the the Japanese signings, I'll go back almost a year to, to, to the day. It was the 16th of July, Colin, and you were hosting a Celtic State of Mind on the day that we signed Kyogo Furuhashi. Mm -hmm. And I, I remember nothing but excitement. Mm -hmm. If you think back to that, I remember nothing but excitement when Kyogo signed for Celtic. Was that your, your kind of recollection of that? Yeah, I remember that. It was a sort of bolt from the blue as well because it was all done overnight whilst we were all sleeping and uh, I was travelling through the studio and I remember, yeah, we'd, we'd made this signing and it came with any Iniesta's blessing, and at that time you're thinking, right, this is this is Ange getting his own players, and this is going to be an exciting one to watch. And I think we were all very much excited for the likes of um, Dyson Maeda and Rio Hatate going off the clips that we'd seen because we'd been linked with them for so long as well. Um, so I don't think there was many people underwhelmed by that, as you see the the sort of um, the idea of uh, Ange coming in was a, a bit of sort of more feeling towards how the board and the club had been dragging this on with yeah. um, with Eddie Howe as opposed to going and getting the, 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 the manager in. And to be fair to the club, you have to be, um, you have to applaud them for how quick they managed to go for their plan B or whatever it was and how prudent they were to make sure that they could get this guy in considering all the sort of red tape they had to go through to get him here. So, um, yeah, it wasn't an ideal start to last season. But since then, everything's kind of went up. And that's what I'm saying earlier on. 
when we're saying about the likes of this signing of Aaron Moy, if it comes in, because of the performance that Ange and the players that he's brought in has done over the last 12 months, you are given that grace period, you are given that sort of credit that mm. you bring in whoever you want, pretty much, and most of us will give them until we see maybe a couple of performances in the hoops before yeah. you pass a judgment. I well, think... sorry. No, on you go. Uh, what I was going to say there is there was no, for me, I'd, I see no fans coming in underwhelmed when Kyogo signed. And by the time we brought in Maeda and Hatate and Ideguchi, we had already bought into the, the signing policy. And we also realised that Ange had a, a real good knowledge of those three players. So when the, the January signings came in, the one that if there was anybody underwhelmed, it was uh, probably around O'Reilly, simply because we didn't know a great deal about the player. Uh, but because we had already signed three other Japanese players the day before the transfer window opened, um, I think everybody was pretty happy and excited that everybody that came in. On the point of Giacomacchus, though, again, I don't think we were underwhelmed when we signed him. We, we'd signed a player who was a top goal scorer uh, in a very competitive league with a very poor side. And the fact that they were relegated was the reason we were able to pick him up for such a, a small fee. So I don't think we were underwhelmed when we signed Yakamakis. I think I was underwhelmed when I saw him playing against Hearts and, and Alawa and I thought he played poorly. And of, of course his performances improved very quickly after that. I, I'll, I'll admit I had reservations when Yakamakis came in. Um, I just When you look back at his career stats, it's taken him to this sort of age to sort of flourish it been sort of less than 10 goals a season was just almost top before he had that fantastic season at VVV and you're just thinking is he going to be one of these sort of one season wonders but thankfully he's came in and after having a poor start um, he's, he's turned it around and now um, I think he was someone that we were missing at the weekend I was looking forward to um, seeing him uh, because he's played well in pre-season so far but has. Uh, we do pass on our congratulations to him and his his missus because I believe they've just had a, a little baby so congratulations to the Jackamacus family um, and hopefully we'll, we'll get him back in before the, the season gets going I, I wouldn't send him to Legia I think that wouldn't be too fair on him after the, Although the comments though, Ange was like, he's not getting away with that. We're sending him a, a, I personal, him a trainer. personal trainer. <laughs> if it's a wee boy, do you think he'll call him Declan? What, just possibly. because Declan stalks him? Possibly. Um, Magnet67, Declan will be presenting the show tomorrow. He knows we're only kidding. Uh, afternoon, Axon team. Surely all us armchair layer experts should know Ange well enough by now to trust his judgment 100%. I do, and I think a lot of fans do. And it goes back to what you were saying there, Colin. By the time we started seeing the performances of some of the players he was bringing in, you got the feeling that, yeah, he might be you know, shopping in different markets than we're used to. Uh, however, you know, we're buying players from the Russian League. We're buying players from the Japanese League. Um, however, you start to trust his judgment. He's got a very specific player that he needs to bring in to a very specific system. Um, and, and you ask yourself about the Beton and Rogic. Was there something around those departures um, other than the obvious that, you know, we, we're missing here? Didn't they... Was, was there a, a, a problem with them not fitting Angie's... Uh, philosophy or system that we are unaware of because as armchair fans as Magnet says, we might not be aware of these things uh, often and I think that when you look at um, 
some of the, the clips that Moy, as I said before, and correct me if I'm wrong, anyone who's watched him a wee bit more than I have, he seems to have the attributes of both a Beaton and a Rogic kind of rolled into one, Colin. And if you're going to get a player like that, I think it's a no-brainer, particularly when he's a free agent as well. One final question before we move on to uh, other matters. Where does this leave James McCarthy? Again, different type of player, I get that. But when you're looking at the midfield as a whole, where does it leave James McCarthy? Because he's a guy that's already um, scratching about for some bench time. Never mind getting a, a starting berth. This is surely going to push him even further out of the first team window, you would have thought. He'll still be part of the squad this season, in my opinion. Um, and he'll be part of the, the European squad just because of the rules and regulations behind it. He classifies as a homegrown player, obviously having come through at Hamilton. Um Despite playing for the the Republic, he still qualifies as a, a homegrown Scottish player. So does such. it go by your your birth rather than your international? Yeah, yeah okay. so that was the same right. when Aidan McGeady and stuff came through. Right. Um, so I, I think he'll be around. I think it's the reason that Scott Bain will still be around. Mm. And um, again, with Welsh, even if we bring another centre half in, because you've got to have so many of these players that come through to fill up the whole spaces. Otherwise, you take. Um, a space away from a non-homegrown player. Yeah. So yeah. if you want the 25-man squad for the Champions League, we are going to see these players sort of stick around. Um, otherwise, we'll have to make the difficult decision to leave maybe one of guys like um, Maeda or Hatati or Idiguchi, players like that, out. So um, you just kind of got to... You've got to play the, the system well here to make sure that you've got the, the squad for the Champions League. Yes, without a doubt. And, and keep the comments coming in. It's uh, always a pleasure to get you involved. Paddy, afternoon all from a bakingly hot Ardoin. Well, get yourself, pull yourself a wee refreshment, Paddy, and enjoy the sunshine um, after the bullet. And I, th- I might even go for a walk around the building, Colin, for my daily exercise uh, as well. Another good comment coming in from Beach Boys. Happy Monday. For Monday, happy Monday, I get it. Happy Monday, right? Before we go on, rest in peace, Paul Ryder, bass player from Seminole Mancunian Band. Happy Mondays. We're doing a gig with Sean Ryder in November, and his wee brother passed away. Um, very, um, you know, without warning, he wasn't ill. Uh, he was due to play a gig at a festival down south. So, yeah, Beach Boys, thanks for reminding us of Happy Mondays. Happy Monday for some fans, said Beach Boys. Unbelievable negativity from some people. He will be good, a good addition to the squad. Now, we have dealt with quite a lot of negativity, quite a lot of positivity since we started A Celtic State of Mind back in 2017. And we need to discuss every matter, but we like to throw it out there rather than say, right, this signing's going to be good, bad or indifferent. On a personal level, I'm pretty happy with it. I think that he's a player that Ange has utilised and worked with on a day-to-day basis in in training camps for the Australian national side. Now, he had that same knowledge of Tommy Rogic. He then had more knowledge of Tommy when he took over at Celtic and worked with him on the training ground at Lennox Town. And he's made a decision that Tom isn't part of his plan, similar age, but Aaron Moy is. And if he's made that decision, then... Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. 
Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct to consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. You've got to trust that, haven't you? Because he is watching them on a day-to-day basis. And also, I was reading this morning that the deal um, is... I'm going to say rumoured to be at this stage um, up until June, July next year. Um, and then obviously, you know, you can decide at that point what you want to do with, with uh, regards to his contract. So it is low risk, as Colin's saying. Colin's disappeared because he needs to take a phone call. Um, so what I'll do is I will bring up as many of your comments as possible. Keep them coming. Are you happy so far with the pre-season performances? Are you happy with the pre-season business? Um, And don't forget, that is incomings as well as outgoings. I think it's been very impressive how many players we've been able to move on um, so that we can, you know, free up wages and and create space within that squad as well. And the players that have left, um, largely, were not contributing anyway. So I think that um, we then bring in someone else, even if it's someone who some fans are unsure of, then, you know, I think they're going to contribute more than someone like, let's say, um, Ismail Asoro. He was not in the gaffer's plan, so move him on, bring someone else in. And you need that. Um, you need that continuous change in personnel to keep the thing fresh as well. Uh, you hear a lot of players talking about that, don't you, when they come back from pre-season and the two or three pl- uh, you know, new faces freshens it up. Keeps everybody on their toes. Martin Sweeney. Hail, hail from sun-soaked Tottington, CSC. Where are you watching your axon from? We'd love to hear that. You could make it up, of course. I wouldn't know any better. But uh, thanks for sharing that, Martin. And Brown Warrior, a regular contributor to the streams. Ange knows him better than any of us online streams ever will. Yeah, we do uh, know a hell of a lot, speaking from the armchair, don't we? Um, I think whenever we get linked to a player, we all do the same thing, don't we? We check them out, we check out their stats, we look at their high highlight reels, unless it's a player we're well aware of. So um, I think we're all in the same boat with that. And then we make a you know, a guess, an educated guess on whether or not he's going to be a good player. But as you say, Brown Warrior, Ange does know it a lot better than us. Top right of the screen, you'll notice that the Celtic versus Blackburn Rovers ticket from back in 1994 is uh, making up part of the um, collage in the background. What was your thoughts about the performance at the weekend? We did, of course, cover it live. I was rapping solo that day as well. Uh, by choice, it's got to say, there was no issues uh, on that particular day. I think most of the Axon team were at the game um, now here we go this is Aiden coming in I truly get the trust and sentiment and I do as well completely however there is a part of me that is a bit gutted we didn't go in for the young French guy by all accounts was meant to be a talent he definitely was a talented player Colin and I get what Aiden says because there are certain players who come with an air of excitement and there are others that I think the the tagline suggests are underwhelming in inverted commas. Um, But there are players that that are a necessity 
that might not get the fan base excited, but they are a necessity to the wider um, squad and, and the plans that Ange has. So I completely get that, but we couldn't possibly sign six marquee players, could we? Because then not only would we be spending 25, we'd probably be spending 30 million quid, and Celtic are not going to do that. But then I think the, the deal for um, Edward Matud was a bit of a risk. I mean, the boy had only played, what, a handful of games. I know he was very highly rated alongside um, Xavi Simons, who was also um, left PSG, I believe. Um, they were sort of seen as the next big ones to sort of make that breakthrough. Mm-hmm. But for me, I think when you looked at it, I would have been looking to do a loan with option to buy on someone like that because it's a big outlay. You're talking £6 million for someone who hasn't played a lot of professional football. If he'd have came over here and we'd have spent £6 million and he, he didn't hit the ground running, what would we have said? Would we have said, oh, well, this, this here we've go again with... We spent five million pound on Barkas. We spent six million pound yeah. on a Yeti. Guys like that. Um, at least when you're spending that money this summer, you're spending it on guys that have that experience that we know will do a job for us. Mm. Um, now, obviously, you see from clips that the, the boy looked good, but again, I'd like to have seen a bit more of him here um, before you go and spend that sort of money because. You wouldn't have been able to recoup that if, um, if you had to sell them after a year or two. Well, that, that's for me. I think you look at some of the examples we've had in the past, and you, you know, there's no exact science because every signing is a risk. There's no guarantee uh, with any buyer that you bring in, Colin. But we have dipped your toe in, in the the market when it came to Charlie Masonda, Timo Weir your favourite Ollie Burke and then you were able to ship them back without the massive outlay and I know these guys are expensive with, with loan deals you know because there is a loan fee mm-hmm. and I think that some of those players cost us as much as two and a half million pound in a loan fee plus the wages of course on top of that but it's a much lesser risk than that huge outlay and we've been stung a couple of times with the like said Barkas and a jetty like you said um, let's get some more of your comments coming up because they are on both ends of the scale when it comes to Aaron Moy as well. Antonia Keeley, my only concern with Moy is he's three weeks behind the other boys in terms of training. Totally understand that. I do get that. And I think the saving grace on this occasion, Colin, is that there is time for him to get up to speed in terms of the training regime, not so much the match fitness, but the training regime before he's going to be expected um, to, to start games because he's not coming in as a first pick is he so I think that that works in your favour you're able to get him up to that tempo behind the scenes and you work your way through that before I'm guessing you know when he comes in he's going to be making substitute appearances but I don't think he would be expected to start games so there is time for him yet before the the big kickoff. there is still time for him to get up to speed yeah absolutely we need to look at it I mean, he's someone who's been known for his, his fitness throughout his career, so I can't imagine he'll be someone who's just kind of let it go during the, the time that he's not been playing for, um, not been playing for his, his team in Shanghai. I know he had some uh, personal issues that he came back in January. We were linked with him in January. Um, he's always sort of had his home here in Glasgow because I believe his, his wife's from here, if I'm right. correct. From his um, seven days, I'm guessing? I'm not sure. I'm not sure, but... Uh, when you, you think about it, uh, he's a professional footballer. You see these guys that take a couple of weeks off and it's not like back in the day when it was a sort of 90s and they'd go out and they'd party for weeks and they'd come back into it. Everyone was concerned about 
Jota because he'd been so far uh, away. Been but he's playing five for Celtic fans. He's, he's fine. Hi, he, he'd been at all these concerts and that, and then on Saturday he looked the best I've seen him in a long, long time. He was outstanding in the first we'll half. Get, on Saturday. We will get to Jota. That that um, deserves a whole section of this podcast on itself. That, that, that deserves a podcast on itself. His first mm. half performance, he was brilliant. Um, and as you say, he's not got that sort of risk where you have to throw him in right away. So he has that time to bed in. He has that time to to get himself up to match fitness. Um, and there's still a couple of pre-season friendlies as well that we've got to go. So I, I think he'll he'll be okay. Um, he'll come in and he'll do a job. I just I don't think he'll take as long as Jackamakis or uh, McCarthy took to get up to to speed. Well, I'm going. I'm going to have to mention this, Colin, because it's an example that I've only got because I spoke to some ex-Celtic players, and I know that I get loads of comments saying this guy thinks he knows all the ex-players and he's always banging on about contacts and everything. It's just to give an example. Um, but there's another podcast I listen to, which is really uh, quite amusing. Where any time they get an unsubscribe and someone leaves a comment as to why they've unsubscribed, they actually read it out because some of them are so ridiculous. And folk don't want that extra layer of information, Colin, that you might have got if you spoke to an ex-Celtic player. Um, I mean, the other night there, brilliant interview with Las Vegas. The band um, obviously made it brilliant. Um, yet, you look at the analytics, two people unsubscribed because they're probably saying that. Ah, he mentioned a Rangers player. I didn't, I didn't want to watch this. Unsubscribe. But the reason I'm bringing that up is talking about fitness. Uh, back in the 70s, whilst obviously speaking extensively to Andy Lynch, he was talking about players that really, really struggled with pre-season because they didn't have a natural kind of fitness. Um, and when they came back, back in those days, they used to wear bin liners underneath their training gear to sweat out a lot of the toxins that they had induced during the pre-season, Colin. Um, and a lot of them came back a stone or a stone and a half overweight. And I know it's a different era, but it's, you know, there's different makeups of different players. And as you say, Adam Moy is someone who looks as though he has been athletic throughout his entire career. However, these guys are keeping themselves fit. Chris Sutton, for example, spoke about um, family holidays and having to go for beach runs every day just to make sure you didn't put on too much weight for when you come back and you get the weigh-in on day one of the pre-season training. So it is a slight concern, but I think that it's something in this day and age that can overcome pretty quickly. Like you say, Colin, Johnny Ryan, this is interesting for me. Moy may just be the ball winner we need. So it's twofold for me, Colin. I was actually going to bring up the fact that from what I've seen in the pre-season, what we've got is a player in Callum McGregor who played most of last season with an injury. And we've got to remember that because he had such a great season, didn't he? But he played most of that season with a facial injury. Mm -hmm. The mask has come off. And what I've seen so far is that he is winning a lot of balls in midfield because I was hearing at the end of last season we need a ball winner we need someone in the midfield with a bit of metal um, we started returning to all these names that always get linked with Celtic Victor Wanyama we need Victor Wanyama in the midfield and I've, I've been looking at McGregor's performances and I think his ball winning ability has been absolutely astonishing in this pre-season but I think add Moy into that mix and he is another ball winner in the midfield Yeah definitely and you can't have too many of them in your squad um, especially when you take a look at the, the teams are going to be coming up against this year. It's different when you're playing in the, the the Scottish League because you're going to have, on average, somewhere between 65 and 70% possession every game. And we'll touch on it about the, the sort of new tactic that it seems 
that Ange has brought in to accommodate this um, with the goalkeeper. Mm. But when you're playing in Europe and you're going to go to these places like Bayern Munich and Real Madrid and um, we are going to get a big name team, you are going to have to adapt slightly. I know Ange says he doesn't want to, but you're not going to be able to have 70% possession against these guys. Um, so you are going to need players like Aaron Moy, like Callum McGregor, who are going to need to dig in um, and going to need to try and ease the tension on the back four by winning the balls and getting it clear and getting it up to our forward players and seeing what they can do with it. Just giving the, the back four that bit of respite as well. Uh, I think when you look at it last year, we didn't have enough players that could do that. Mm. When you go to like say Leverkusen and you're winning, and you've got to try and see out a game and you make the changes. We just invited the pressure onto us. And that's one of the reasons that we, we struggled the same with Betis away as well. It's just a case of learning from those experiences and thinking if you just had that kind of player in there, mm. then he could do that job. There was a part of me thinking, Colin, that obviously when you lose a player um, as important as Scott Brown, and you think about the attributes that Scott Brown had, a part of that was the ball winning wasn't it? And it was that physicality in the midfield and breaking up play. That was huge. That was a huge part of Scott Brown's game. Um, near the, the, not in his early career, it's got to be said, he was far more a box-to-box player back then, but you know he matured into that type of player. And because he was, it was so obvious that he was doing that, I think it's, it's only natural for us as football fans to say that's missing. And I think the point I was making is I think McGregor does a lot of that. It's maybe mm-hmm. just not as highlighted. It's maybe not as obvious. But I think he breaks up the play really, really well. But there's also a, a counter-argument to that to say, well, he shouldn't be doing that because he's far more effective offensively. And some of the comments that are coming in are saying that that might, bringing in a player like Moy might allow someone like Callum McGregor to, to be more offensive in his play as well. Uh, Jerry Coyle, welcome back to the show. You're watching as are about 700, no, in fact, about 800 other Celtic fans tuning in. Thanks, every one of you, for tuning in to Axom on the Monday Bulletin. I'm here with Colin Watt. Um, how long have you been on Axom? Must be four years, three years, something like that. Coming up for four years, eh? Yeah, there we go. Let us know when your anniversary is, son. Bernard, although I hope you're right, I haven't seen him tear up any league throughout his career. So we've got that side of the argument and we've got Bernard's kind of side as the other side of the spectrum. Moy will be the signing of the season. That's a bold statement. That's a bold statement coming in from Bernard McCauley. I'm going to throw another one in there. I think that uh, we are going to have players that were already with us last season and we're going to see what could probably be described as version two of the likes of Cameron Carter-Vickers and Jota and O'Reilly, even Kyogo, because he missed a big part of last season through injury. Um, And I think we're going to get that kind of impact from players who are already here, Colin. Uh, And the one I want to start off talking about is Jota. So obviously you watch them against Blackburn it's the best performance you think or the best half that you've seen him playing in a Celtic jersey uh, what impressed you the most as well as that we flick over the Blackburn player's head for me I think he's got that extra yard of pace this uh, season mobile phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with Cox Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. 
Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas. Visit cox.com slash internet for details. It did look as if he was desperate to try and get by the man. He was looking for those overlapping runs alongside um, Greg Taylor down the left-hand side as well. Um, he was very direct with the ball as well. In times gone by last season, he would maybe sort of cut back and play inside. He was just desperate. He knew from the word go he'd beat his man and that was him. He was going to beat him every single time he got the ball. And his ball retention on Saturday was, was very, very good. Um, it was almost as if, well, this team's paid £6 million for me. I've got to show them that I'm a £6 million player. And he did it really, really well. Um, and I have to say, another sort of special mention goes to um, Leela Bada as well. Because I thought Leela Bada had their left back in his back pocket. He did. He's, he did. For, for pace, he looked so sharp. He was he ended on up it. having to chop him, didn't he? Yeah, his, his crosses weren't quite there. But I think you'll find that. He's only, what, 20? He's going to learn. Uh, he'll get his final ball improved. Um, but yeah, his pace to get by someone was just blistering on Saturday. Um, and I think when you look at the first half as a game in itself, we had, what, 70% possession. They struggled. I know they scored the early doors that kind of woke Celtic up. But after that, they struggled to even get out their own half. Mm. And something I've noticed this sort of pre-season is when you look at the the back line. Now, last season, there was a lot of passes between Cameron Carter-Vickers and Carl Starfield. If you look at the stats, they had the most touches of the ball all season yeah. because the passes used to go across the two of them um, and then out to one of the, the full-backs and out to one of the wingers. This season, we seem to have pushed the goalkeeper up. Uh, I noticed that both with Hart and with uh, Benji when he came on. Um, and they seem to sit in between the two of them. And it allows the centre-halves to go slightly wider. And because they're slightly wider, it drags the play out there and allows the ball to get out to the wings a lot quicker. Mm. Whereas a lot of the time you were hoping for someone like Callum McGregor to slot into that defensive midfield position to pick the ball up to turn and to get the ball wide. Now we're relying on our centre halves to do that. It's a tactic that I've already seen a lot of fans sort of question because of the goalkeeper being so far out from his goal. I mean, at times on Saturday we saw Joe Hart basically on the halfway line picking the ball up. Um, and we've seen it, I think, was it against um, Bannock? where they tried to chip him a couple of times. Aye, uh, they yep. tried it on Saturday as well. It's obviously a risky tactic, but it does seem to be something that Ange wants to implement to get the ball turned over and going again a lot quicker. Because at times you were looking at those two centre-halves last year and they're thinking, this is kind of slowing the game down, them two passing just between them. Um, and you're, you're almost pinning the other team in their own half by having the last line of your defence on the halfway line. Mm-hmm. So, it's an interesting tactic. I'll be interested to see if we continue it when we move into the league against the likes of Aberdeen and Rangers and Hearts, the teams that we're pushing top six, or if this is just one of those ones that it's a sort of testing in pre-season. There's nothing, you're not going to lose anything by playing it in pre-season. It's just one of those sort of, let's see how it goes. I, I get the impression that, you know, it definitely would work in the vast expanses of Celtic Park, but there might be other occasions where 
you would think better of it, uh, Colin, but we shall see. Let's have a look at the poll. It's now sitting at 76% trust in Ange, with only 24% saying that the signing of Aaron Moy would be underwhelming. Some interesting points coming in. We've got Carol N. Welcome to the show, Carol. He just played in World Cup qualifiers and was Australia's best player in the final qualifier against Peru. He brings a lot to the table. Uh, what if he's better than what you have? Is he better than what you have? Well, that that's the question. And um, who are we comparing him to? We're comparing him to James McCarthy. Um, so the, I think the jury is still out a year on on James McCarthy and how we use him. James Silver. Um, he was fit enough a month ago to play 90 minutes against uh, United Arab Emirates and 120 against Peru a few days later. So don't think it will take him too long to get up to speed. And I think that's what we're speaking about. You know, the free agents as well. Um, Colin, we spoke about Lee Griffiths, didn't we? Uh, if you're a free agent and you want a club, you've got to keep yourself fit. You've got to. And it can't be a case of just going for a few wee park runs or a run down the beach. It's got to be intense training, which, of course, Lee Griffiths has undertaken at the gym. Um, which is an interesting one because there was a story just the other day about uh, Griff that um, Forfer wouldn't mm-hmm. be pursuing him. And I, and I was reading that and I know that obviously it's Harkins, isn't it? It's an ex-Dundee teammate. Mm-hmm. And I know that when I read it, when I actually read the article, I'm not quite sure there was ever a deal on the table. It's just that it's something that they hadn't considered. But the way that it seemed to, the narrative seemed to be put out there was that as if Forfer had knocked him back. I yeah. don't think that I don't think that the offer was there. Uh, to be honest with you, it was just that when asked the question, said it wasn't something they would be looking at. Um, so again, you know, you, you ask yourself, where is um, the future going to be for Lee Griffiths? Let's hope that it's not the same as Anthony Stokes, because that is what we spoke about months ago, Colin, about the fact that it was going the same way as Stokes, and Stokes's career basically ended at the age of thirty-one. Two new signings have been confirmed by Ange Postecoglou. Uh, we are expecting Moy to be one of them. You're talking about centre-half, and I don't disagree with that. Are there any other areas of the park, Colin, that you think we do need to strengthen? Mm. What's your thoughts on the centre-forward? Yeah, that's that's sort of one of the ones. Um, you're thinking, yeah, if he can get into the situation that we had around Christmas time last year, where we had to play Leila Bada through the middle, um, or as it stands, Dyson Maeda, who I don't think is the most natural of goal scorers. Um, obviously, his, his shots over the bar against Barrick sort of confirmed that. I think he is a sort of secondary striker, someone who uses his pace to get in behind and will probably still score 10, 15 goals, but they'll not be exquisite finishes, to, to put it that way. Um I think he, he probably could be doing with another striker in there, especially if Johnny Kenny is not going to be the guy that he turned to. Uh, I thought he played actually okay in the, the games that I've seen him so far. But yeah, he did, again, yeah. he's probably someone who's going to need to get some experience. And um, the, 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 Where we put players out on loan this year is going to be pivotal for their development because you, you wouldn't want to see someone like Boston Lowell or Johnny Kenny drop down to a championship which no disrespect to the teams in the Championship, but you see it when they come up, the gulf between the Championship and the Premiership is just too much. Has it worked with any of the players that have gone there, Colin? Have any of them come back to us and and actually made inroads into the first team? I don't think so. I don't think they have. I mean, you've got players... We're going to get into this anyway because obviously Dembele scored the other day uh, for Brest in the last minute. And I want to talk about uh, that, that group of players we had at that time. Uh, we spoke about it in the WhatsApp group. And and you look at 
some of the loan deals that some of those guys were getting. Um, Jonathan Afalabi, for example. And I, I don't think it done him any good to be going out to Airdrie or, or Dunfermline. Colin and I guess the counter argument is well surely it's better than playing in the fifth tier for the B, the, the B team um, and and you know I'm kind of in a, in a situation where I've always said I would rather our players were loaned out to fellow premiership teams because I think it works in a couple of different ways and people who watch every day will know my feelings on that I think that you you can weaken your, your opposition by actually loaning a player to another opposition team they might score they might save a penalty they might do something against Rangers and that's what you know where, where my thinking is but also like Leo Held when he goes to Ross County you're playing at the level you're expecting to play at mm-hmm. so yeah, I totally agree with that and it will be interesting to see um, if there are any other loan deals for some of the players you mentioned where they will go Brown Warrior came back in uh, earlier when you were talking about Jota Jota looks, looked relaxed and is now expressing himself fully with the worry of where he's going to be put to bed. Now, um, the reason I'm bringing this one up, because I think it's an excellent point, but it goes on to the the, uh, comments made by Ange Postacoglu, where he addressed this narrative that that Celtic are spending £13 million to to be the same team as they were last season. And and I think on Axon, we've already said that was a nonsense, Colin. Mm -hmm. Brown Warrior makes the point. A player who's on loan, um, whose future is unclear and uncertain um, as a different beast to the player that you have who is settled, who has his future tied up, who is who knows that they've got Champions League football. So even if we had only brought in those two players, you can't really compare it to last season. You really can't. Uh, and this, you know, spending 13 million to stand still is an absolute nonsense. And that's one of the best points, I think, uh, on that particular subject, Colin. He is going to be a different player. He's going to be a different beast, as is CCV, as is Abada, who you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was his breakthrough season, you know, whereby um, he needed probably near Beaton to be there um, and take him under his wing off the park um, as well. He's matured, obviously, on and off the park. And I'm expecting massive things from Abada, as I am from, from Jota as well. So thanks for that comment. And we have another from AGSC Tech. With weeks of the transfer window to go, we are in a position to maybe snap up one or two really big signings late in the window. We signed Cameron Carter Vickers in the last hours of the window last summer. And I think it is right to compare and contrast where we are just now, Colin, to where we were a year ago because it was a completely different scenario. We are in a much, much better place. And we have time, um, like the commenter says, to bring in another couple. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what I said earlier on in the pod. I was saying that once the English Premiership teams and the other teams across Europe have to review their 25-man squads and things like that, and players that are on the fringes of that that might just not make it, they'll be the ones that um, sort of become available for these sort of loan with option to buy. So um, it's just a bit early in the window for that just now. I think you're still, what, two weeks away from the, um, what do you call it, Charity Shield taking place down in... Uh, England, so this, their league starts about a week after ours as well. I think once you get into the sort of later times in August, then you'll start seeing players like that becoming available. The Charity Shield, do they still call it that? The Charity I think Shield. So. Think Brian so. O'Neill. Brian O'Neill is a player that I, um, that original away jersey reminds me of Brian O'Neill. 
the Celtic player O'Neill because he modelled it uh, first time round in the early 90s Moy brings massive experience which can only bode well for our young midfielders he absolutely does you know it's something we were talking about last year that we, we lacked that bit of experience didn't we we were talking about um, some of the, the starting lineups, Colin when you looked at the age um, of of the, the team overall you remove sort of player like Hart um, and obviously McGregor being injured and I remember we had a very inexperienced side um, and I think that's why Rogic and Beaton were crucial last season. Maybe not so this season. I think we needed their experience. And then we supplemented that by bringing McCarthy and Hart. And, and that, that brought in a wee bit more experience. And I think it's a good point. He does have that. Now, Paul McGurk, who also likes the away top by the looks of him, Maravchik-esque, are we talking about that Jota flick? flick? Because at the weekend, That'd I said, what other moments can you remember? And, and the one I... I pointed out was against uh, Hearts when Moravchik controlled the ball with his backside. It was a moment mm-hmm. of absolute cheek, pardon the pun, um, and skill. What others could you remember? Michael McDonald came in and said, I think I remember Moravchik scoring directly from a corner against St Johnston. He then found the footage and put it up on Twitter, not quite directly because he played a quick one-two mm-hmm. and then he, he whipped the, the, the cross in and it went in. What other moments of magic come to your mind, Colin? Any McGeady turn at Pataudry. Oh, yes. Yep. That, yep. The first time we kind of pulled that one out of the bag and I think it was McDonald that got the header at the back post. Mm-hmm. That was brilliant. That um, was some brilliant. Of, some of McGeady's performances in Europe that season were outstanding as well. I remember uh, a game, maybe in his debut season, we were playing AC Milan and every time he got the ball, it, it really was edge-of-the-seat stuff. Mm-hmm. Every time he got the ball, there was just an air of expectancy. Something's going to happen with the ball at that boy's feet. Uh, but another one came to my mind. I'm going to say it was Aberdeen, but I might be wrong. I'll probably see it when I go through all the retro videos that we're working our way through and putting up on the channel. Uh, Morton Vikorst. What do you call it? Is it the Panenka? No, the Panenka. Mm-hmm. What's the other one? Starts with an R. Remember Lustig done it for Dembele's goal against Johnston. Rabona. That's it. The Rabona. And uh, Morton Vicors did that, crossed the ball in. Who was it against? Was it Aberdeen? Let us know if you were at that game. A Rabona, that's what it was. It wasn't a Panenka. Um, but of course, if we're talking about cheek and a wee bit of nonsense, you've got to look at Edward's penalty against Craig Gordon as well. Eh? Mm, absolutely. Uh, even even thinking back to players that we've seen here, um, Thierry Henry that night that um, Barcelona beat Celtic 3-2. Mm. The... the skill and the quality for his goal was unbelievable some of that Barcelona team it was a joy to watch, an absolute joy um, and then we scored two very good goals that night as well the the header from Barry Robson that looked over Victor Valdez was was up there um, yeah Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know, it's just phone internet not home internet Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. 
I mean, there's been some fantastic bits of skill we've seen at Celtic Park, and it's the quality of the players and the quality of the opposition, and that's what you're looking forward to, is having these top-class players coming for another Champions League night under the lights at Parkhead. Oh, definitely. The romanticism is there. Uh, Bertie all used to say, entertain, and that's exactly what Jota did. Um, William Peter, welcome back to the show, William. I hope you are well. Abada looks fitter. He did look He did look sharp, Colin. And as you say, he gave the Blackburn defender a torrid time to the point where he had no other option than to try and chop him. Paddy, you're right, they were a dirty team. Very physical mm. side. Um, and I think Don't there was a wee bit, in the first half? There was a lot of concerns about Ralston. Seems to be okay. Yeah, a couple of stitch. Well, a few stitches in a foot might be a, a bad injury for most, but not for Tony Boy. Um, and I think uh, you know when we when we're looking ahead, one player I want to talk about. We've only got thirty seconds to go here, Colin, but I think it's right for us to talk about him. And it's David Turnbull, because there was talk at the end of last season that Turnbull. Uh, as a player we could afford to lose. This was before near Beaton and Rogic. I didn't subscribe to it, I've got to say. But there was talk amongst some of the Axon listeners that that's, that's a move that, that could could happen. When you look at his performance on Saturday, and actually his performances in pre-season, I think he's going to be huge for Celtic this season, David Turnbull. Mm-hmm. I, I've always been a big Turnbull fan. Um, I think we need to look at him. He offers something that we, we don't have a lot of and that's the sort of um, ability to to kind of shoot from long range, to find a pass he, he kind of connects very well with the, the midfield and when you looked at him on Saturday despite the fact that he's not the quickest player, he covered the ground really well, he mm. always seemed to be open he always seemed to be he did. Excuse me, wanting the ball um, he took his goal pretty well Um and when we're coming up against teams that are going to have 10 men behind the ball, having someone with the quality of Turnbull, I think, him and O'Reilly, they're really going to help open up these defences this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is, you, you've got to have someone who isn't afraid of sort of taking one on from sort of 25, 30 yards. And we've seen both him and O'Reilly try that at the weekend. O'Reilly's absolutely stunned the palms of the goalkeeper, who mm-hmm. the Blackburn goalkeeper, I thought, actually had a very good game. Um, so yeah having these different dynamic midfielders they'll be really important for us next season we saw already for the first two seasons what we can get out of David Turnbull he's still very young he's still um, going to do a lot of development in his career I think last year was just a case of getting him back fit getting him back from that injury Um, but yeah I can see him being someone who easily puts 10-15 goals in this year I hope so, Colin. Um, it's exciting times. Uh, possibly by this time tomorrow, we'll have another new signing in, in the door in Aaron Moy. He has been dividing opinion. Let's give you the final um, poll result. 77% are trusting in Ange. There you go. What a turnaround that's been. What, Paul, we, we can't finish off without speaking about the catering at Celtic Park this weekend. Mm, bizarre. I don't know if anybody's seen that. Well, but, it uh, is... It's something that is, you know, it's obviously popped up quite a bit on social media, Colin, because of the price hike uh, of a lot of the items. But then also the bizarre figures. I mean, Mm -hmm. are we getting to a point now where 
we're we're entering a cashless society, so you know everything's done on profit margin. No matter what that profit margin lends the actual RRP to be. So if it means you're paying three pound ninety one or £3.73 or something random, I don't think they care. And I've seen a few people coming in defending the club, saying, you know, this is subbed out, but I'll tell you what, Celtic's crest that's besides the, the price list, and it's Celtic who are going to get the flak. Um, and in, in this day and age, where we currently are, we're rising, um, you know, cost of living, rising fuel prices, uh, a lack of wage increases for the vast majority, Colin. I, I just think that it was the worst possible thing to see, um, you know, going back to your first game at Celtic Park, building it up, building it up for the price hikes for 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 food that you know, a lot of the time you think to yourself it wasn't worth the price last season, um, and I, and I just think that again we shouldn't be moaning because it's a very positive time for the club, Colin. But I thought it was ridiculous to be totally frank, um, and I think that there's only so often you can go to the well. You've got to know your audience, and you know the working classes are struggling. And you cannot do that. You cannot continually ask Celtic fans to put their hands in their pockets like that. You've got to ask what the kind of markup margins are as well. Because you're sitting looking at it and you're saying, it's £3.91 for a bag of Bassett's Wingums Mm. that you can pick up in a a Tesco or an Asda or whatever you shop locally for anywhere between a pound and a pound fifty. So what is the sort of markup that these... There's no way Celtic are paying anywhere more than that. So you're talking they're getting double the money back as well. I mean, uh, people could say, oh, well, it's just the way it goes. You, you don't you don't have to pay it and stuff like that. But it, it's not us. It's If you're taking, for example, we've got the training day today that's going on just now as we speak. And a lot of um, families will be taking kids to that and the stalls will be open. And you know it's much more difficult if you're taking a kid to that game and they go, I want a hot dog, I want a juice, I want a bag of sweets. Suddenly for those three things, you're talking well over a tenner. Yep. And it's just, it's incredible. As you say, with the cost of living crisis that's going on at the minute, there is things that you could do and I just think the the catering at Celtic Park, it leaves a lot to be admired. See, See the thing, Colin, right? You're in a situation where you can't take a container into a football stadium in Scotland because it's against the law in case you mm-hmm. throw it at somebody, right? So you're kind of forced, especially if you're taking kids and you're forced to, to, to buy refreshments. And you think to yourself, well, you know, it was always, you know, buy official so that the, the money goes to the club. You know, that was always the big push, wasn't it? Right through uh, the commercial element of the club becoming a real commercial entity. So if you were taking your, your boy or whatever to the game, you wouldn't mind but being ripped off is something completely different and you don't want to be ripped off by the club. And I think that uh, you just need to see that social media was awash with people who thought exactly the same. I didn't see anybody coming in and defending the club other than to say that you know perhaps they didn't have a part to play in the pricing. But it's something that needs to be sorted out without a doubt. You're sitting with you know brand new kit number two of three that come out every single year and if you want to talk about markup um, the markup on football jerseys is astronomical when you look at the cost price and where these these jerseys are made so 100% you were right to bring it up thanks for bringing it up I was just getting so positive <laughs> with new signings and, and Jota flicks and all that kind of stuff See the, the, we the couldn't finish that, it off with that could we the bit that killed me uh, Paul was 
if you remember back to this time last year, obviously we were getting back into the grounds. Everyone was really looking forward to it. Um, and I think it was around about this time that we played uh, West Ham. And obviously the difference in 12 months is on Absolutely. the park is astronomical. Um, off the park, I, I remember that they were giving out these um, cartons of water at yep. the time because it was, again, like this, it was some lovely, really nice weather. Um, and you've seen people taking a couple of these cartons of water away with them. If you went to buy that same carton of water on Saturday, it was £1.68. Deary, deary me. So they're making the money back one way or another. Paul Diet smuggling a piece. I'm thinking you mean a sandwich or, or a piece as in like your aye, your your work piece. Um, not the other type of piece that you would be smuggling in. But thank Easy you, time. everybody, for getting involved in the chat. Um, 800 strong today. Fantastic for a Monday. Colin Watt, always an absolute pleasure. Amy will be back next week to join us. Um, enjoy your week enjoy Wednesday night enjoy the sunshine and have a few refreshments on us as well thank you all for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind What's up, guys? This is MMA fighter Clay Guida, and I'm not afraid of anyone or anything. But losing my hair was an entirely different kind of fight. So if you're suffering from hair loss like I was, then you got to check out my boys at Bosley. Pound for pound, they are the champions of hair restoration. That's why I turned to Bosley to get my hair back. The entire Bosley team was so professional and kind from start to finish. All it took was a simple one-day procedure, and I was on my way back to rocking my full hair again. So take it from me. Don't wait if you are thinning or receding. I'm so thrilled with my results, I just wish I would have went to Bosley sooner. It's time to finally knock out hair loss because the best is yet to come. Check out Bosley today. When MMA fighter Clay Guida was losing his hair, he trusted Bosley to get it back. Now it's your turn. Get a free information kit, plus get a $250 off gift card when you text SCORE to 203203. That's text SCORE to 203203. Don't wait. Text SCORE to 203203. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Sports Social Podcast Network.